you ever thought about the rejoicing in heaven that happened when you repented? It's a good thing to think about. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Father, we come to you and we uh, quiet our hearts and um, seek you to uh, feed us and to feed our souls and to um, show us more of yourself. I pray you uh, be with the rest of our service, be with the words that I speak, help them to be life and edifying to those that hear. pray you'd help us apply it to our lives and uh, that we would grow and um, grow in our knowledge of you and our understanding of Uh, you and who you are. Pray all these things in your name. Amen. This morning I'm going to talk about a topic I have been thinking about for a little while, um, but I don't feel like I have it all uh, totally figured out towards the end, so bear with me if I kind of have to think through it there at the end. But this morning I want to talk about the fear of the Lord. So, uh, I was listening to a message a while back, and they were talking about child training, but they mentioned the fear of the Lord, and that kind of got me on this topic. But also, um, something that he said was, he was talking about authority, and he asked, who is the final authority in your life, or in my life? So when I have multiple good authorities speaking into my life, uh, which one is the one that takes precedent or takes the cake, if you want to call it that? <clears throat> so we all have good authorities in our lives, uh, I trust, and they're speaking into our lives, but which one, if you have multiple of them, which one is the one that, in the end, rules out? Is it your flesh, or is it my flesh? Um, more than we'd like to admit, it's probably true at times. You know, we get other people's opinions about something, or... Uh, we talk to them about things, and we get multiple opinions, and we have to decide in the end. And how often is it that the what we really want is kind of the authority that we choose to follow? <clears throat> or maybe it's our church heritage or the traditions or culture that we were raised in. You know, does that take... When you have something you have to decide on, is that how you base your, or is that who has the final authority? Because you don't want to go against uh, your church heritage or the traditions or your culture, or is it your family, Um, what your family would think of you? Um, Some some would say it ought to be your country and patriotism. Um, That should be your final authority. Um, Or is it... Is it really God's word? And that's what it should be. But I just want us to think a little bit about that. Uh, and I'll tie this into the fear of the Lord here in a moment. But is God's word the final authority? So when we have a question or something burning on our hearts, is God's word the final authority? When we are struggling with something, can we lay our will down and let God's word speak to us? 
Am I committed to the word of God before I even open the cover? That it shall, that it is and shall ever be the final authority in my life. So if we let the word of God be our final authority, um, one of the, what I would call the foundations of letting that be our authority is the fear of God. Having the right and proper perspective of the fear of God, because out of the fear of God, um, I think is, shall I say, the fear of the Lord is one of the foundations that we have to have to have the word of God be our final authority. So I have three verses I'd like to start with, um, Proverbs 9 through 10, I'll just read it here. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Actually, I think that's only one of the verses. Let me double check that. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. For by me thy days shall be multiplied, and the years of thy life shall be increased. And then Proverbs fourteen twenty six: In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, and his children shall have a place of refuge. We have that verse as a plaque in our bedroom. And then the third verse is Psalm thirty four eleven: Come, ye children, hearken unto me, and I will teach you. The fear of the Lord. <clears throat> so I want to look at two examples uh, of stories in the Bible about that talk about the fear of the Lord. So one is in First Samuel four. First Samuel four. I'll start reading in chapter uh, verse two. But earlier in chapter two, um, we see Eli's sons. It talks about Eli's sons, Hophni and Phineas. And that they were evil and did wickedly, um, even even to the point of causing Israel to abhor the sacrifices or going to the temple. It says in First Samuel 2.17, Wherefore the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord, for men abhorred the offering of the Lord. So not only were they they sinning, but they were causing others to not even come to sacrifice because of the things they did. Um, so with that as kind of the backdrop, um, let's read First Samuel 4, verse 2 through 22. And the Philistines put themselves in array against Israel, and when they joined battle, Israel was smitten before the Philistines, and they slew of the army in the field about 4,000 men. <clears throat> and when the people uh, were coming to the camp, the elders of Israel said, Wherefore hath the Lord smitten us today before the Philistines? Let us fetch the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of Shiloh unto us, that when it cometh among us, it may save us out of the hand of our enemies. So the people sent to Shiloh, that they might bring from thence the ark of the covenant of the Lord of hosts, which dwelleth between the cherubims. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were there with the ark of the covenant of the Lord of God. <coughs> And when the ark of the covenant of the Lord came into the camp, all Israel shouted with a great shout, so the earth rang again. 
And the, when the Philistines heard the noise of the shout, they said, What meaneth the noise of this great shout in the camp of the Hebrews? And they understood that the ark of God of the Lord was coming to the camp. And the Philistines were afraid, for they said, God is coming to the camp. And they said, Woe unto us, for there hath not been such a thing heretofore. Woe unto us, who shall deliver us out of the hand of these, these mighty gods? These are the gods that smote the Egyptians with all the plagues in the wilderness. Be strong and quit yourselves like men, O ye Philistines, that ye be not servants unto the Hebrews as they have been to you. Quit yourselves like men and fight. And the Philistines fought, and the Israel was smitten, and they fled every man to his tent. And there was a very great slaughter, for they fell, there fell of Israel thirty thousand footmen. And the ark of God was taken, and the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were slain. And there ran a man of Benjamin out of the army, and came to Shiloh the same day with his clothes rent and with earth upon his head. And when he came, lo, Eli sat upon a seat by the wayside, watching, for his heart trembled for the ark of God. And when the man came into the city and told it, all the city cried out. And when Eli heard the noise of the crying, he said, What meaneth the noise of this tumult? And the man came in hastily and told, him, told Eli, now Eli was ninety and eight years old, and his eyes were dim, that he could not see. And the man said unto Eli, I am he that cometh out of the army, and fled to the day, fled today out of the army. And he said, What is there done, my son? And the messenger answered and said, Israel is fled before the Philistines, and there hath been also a great slaughter among the people. And thy two sons also, Hophni and Phinehas, are dead, and the ark of God is taken. And it came to pass, when he had made mention of the ark of God, that he fell from off the seat backward by the side of the gate, and his neck brake, and he died, for he was an old man and heavy, and he had judged Israel forty years. And his daughter-in-law, Phinehas' wife, was with child, near to be delivered. And when she heard the tidings that the ark of God was taken, and that her father-in-law and her husband were dead, she bowed herself and travailed, for her pains came upon her. And about the time of her death, the women that stood by her said unto her, Fear not, for thou hast born a son. But she answered not, neither did she regard it. And she named the child Ichabod, saying, The glory is departed from Israel, because the ark of God was taken, and because her father-in-law and her husband. And she said, The glory is departed from Israel, for the ark of God is taken. <clears throat> so there's a couple different aspects of fear of the Lord I want to look at in this account. Um, in verses 2 through 4, <clears throat> we see um, the Israelites were, were beaten by the Philistines in a battle. And they were trying to figure out how they could have victory. So they were fearful of the Philistines. And their idea was to get the Ark of, Ark of the Lord to, come, to bring it into the camp so that they could win the battle. But I guess what I see there is the people were more looking at it as a good luck charm. They, they did not have a fear of the Lord, a right fear of the Lord. They didn't seek him. They didn't turn to him. They just went and got this good luck charm, if you want to call it that, so that they thought they could win a battle. <clears throat> they didn't listen to God. They just wanted their way, and they were their own final authority. They thought, you know, this has helped them in the past, but they went about it wrong. They weren't seeking God. They weren't fearing him in a proper way. And then in verse 5 through 9, we see, and I think this is kind of interesting, 
that the Philistines actually, I think, feared the Lord almost more than Israel. It says, uh, and the Philistines were afraid when they heard that the ark was come into the camp. And they said, woe unto us, there hath not been such a thing heretofore. They, they knew the accounts of what happened in Egypt and um, how the Israelites conquered the land. And they thought, if this is, if this is, if the ark has come in, we're doomed. I mean, they had, it's pretty amazing that they had that much of a fear of the Lord. They, they feared it more than Israel. Um, verse 10 through 13, um, Eli, we see that Eli feared what would happen to the ark. He had, I, I would say it was a right fear because the ark was not being used correctly, but I don't know that he had, he was 98 years old, so I don't know, and his two sons apparently were kind of running things, if I want to say that. I'm not sure if that's correct or not, but I imagine that they didn't consult Eli when they came to Hophni and Phinehas to take the ark to battle. Um, so he was fearing what would happen to, uh, it says, Eli sat upon a seat by the wayside watching, for his heart trembled for the ark of God. I think Eli had a right fear of God. He knew that this was not what God would want. Um, and he had a fear of what might happen because it wasn't being used correctly. <clears throat> and then in the end of this uh, chapter, we see that Eli's daughter-in-law had a fear of the Lord. Um, I think it's noteworthy that both Eli and his daughter-in-law died because of the news of the loss of the ark. The ark was meant... The presence, the ark was uh, basically the presence of the Lord, and they knew the loss of that was was so acute to them, or so real to them, that they both they both died. Eli fell over and broke his neck, and uh, then when his daughter-in-law had uh, her son, she named it "The Glory of the Lord Has Departed." But God, but God in this account was judging their family based on a lack of the fear of the Lord because of Hophni and Phinehas' lack of the fear of the Lord. <clears throat> I believe it's, yeah, this is wrong. Uh, later on, I think it's interesting, the Philistines were very right to fear the Lord because of what? If you keep on reading in this account, they, they take the ark all over the place. It just causes all them all kinds of problems, and eventually they just send it back to Israel because they can't handle it. <clears throat> so the other account I want to look at about the f- uh, fear of the Lord uh, is in it's in Luke chapter eight. Um, my the second uh, example of the fear of the Lord is what the Bible says about fallen what fallen angels believe and what how they fear the Lord. In James 2.19 it says, Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well, the devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? One of fallen angels' primary tactics is to promote unbelief. You see it all over in the world today. 
Uh, but what I find amazing is that even though that's their primary tactic and what they are striving for so much, that when it all comes down to it, it says, the devils also believe and tremble. So even though they can sow unbelief, they themselves know and believe and fear the Lord. And they fear the Lord because of the judgment that's coming, and they know that judgment. <clears throat> so uh, Luke eight twenty six through 33. This is the story about the man uh, possessed with the, or men or man possessed with uh, many devils. And they arrived at the country of the Gardenians, which is over against Galilee. And when he went forth to the land, there met him out of the city a certain man, which had devils long time, and wear no clothes, neither abode in any house, but in tombs. And when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him with a loud voice, said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God most high? I beseech thee, torment me not. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for oftentimes it had caught him, and he was kept bound with chains and in fetters, and he brake the bands and was driven of the devil into the wilderness. And Jesus asked him, saying, What is thy name? And he said, Legion, because many devils were entered into him. And they besought him that he would not command them to go in, out into the deep. And there was there an herd of swine feeding in the mountain. And they besought him that he would suffer them to enter into them, and he suffered them. Then went the devils out of the man and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the lake and were choked. Do you see the complete knowledge and understanding that the demons had of who Jesus was? That's a pretty clear statement when Jesus the man fell down and cried with a loud voice, Jesus, thou Son of God most high. He knew exactly who Jesus was, just being in the presence of him. And he had a fear of, of Christ because he knew that he was powerless uh, against Christ. He knew that Jesus was the sovereign Lord and he knew it without a shadow of a doubt. And he even knew his judgment. He's, he was... He asked not to be cast out into the deep. He said, torment me not. <clears throat> and for some reason, I've wondered about this. Jesus actually granted the request of a demon. It says, and they besought him that he would not command them to go out into the deep. And he suffered them. But then their end was still destruction because the herd ran violently down into a steep place into the lake and were, were drowned. They, even once they were in the swine, they, they wanted to run away from Jesus because he's the direct antithesis of what they are. So the point I was trying to bring out in all of this uh, was that um, in both of these accounts, I guess, um, is that we need to bring, uh, we need to engage our faith with the fear of the Lord. Our faith 
um, and our and our fear of the Lord go hand in hand. We need to have faith in the Lord, but we also need to fear Him and, a, and a, have a proper perspective of fear. I think too often, fear is um, being afraid of what someone or someone or something will do to us. But uh, I think in the fear of the Lord, there's a there's a it's more of a I guess I'd call it a respect because of who He is. And what he can do, but also recognizing that he is totally consistent and he has made promises and a way for us to be right with him. And so that, that, that breeds, can I say, a proper fear of the Lord um, with a respect um, and awe and um, just, yeah, I guess, in awe of his majesty. So a summary verse in this. Uh, section would be Proverbs 1 27 through 29 when your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind when distresses and anguish cometh upon you then shall they call upon me but I will not answer they shall seek me early but they shall not find me for that they had hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord and so the encouragement there is to choose the fear of the Lord here's someone that is seeking the Lord can I say for their own gain or to get them out of trouble. But we should fear the Lord because of what he has done and what he, uh, who he is, basically. So I have eight points of what is the fear of the Lord that the Bible talks about. <clears throat> so I'll, I have quite a few short verses here, so I'll just read them. Um, first point is the fear of the Lord is wisdom. Job twenty-eight twenty-eight, And unto man he said... Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to depart from evil is understanding. <clears throat> so the fear of the Lord is wisdom, and secondly, the fear of the Lord is clean. Psalm 19.9, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Point number three. It's the very beginning. So it, earlier it was wisdom, and but it's also the beginning of wisdom where wisdom starts. Um, Psalm 111, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. His praise endureth forever. The fear of the Lord leads us to an enduring heart of praise because of who he is and what he's done. Uh, point number four, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Proverbs 1.7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Number five, the fear of the Lord is hating evil. <clears throat> this one stood out to me. Proverbs 8.13, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogancy, and the evil way and the froward mouth do I hate. What do you hate or what do I hate? Do we have a hatred for things that are evil? I think too often we don't. We just kind of let them slide and uh, just, I don't know. Well, we don't do that, but we, but we don't hate evil, I think, like we should. But to have the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. <clears throat> Number six, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. 
That's encouraging. It's a fountain of life. If you think of it, I don't know how many of you have ever been up in the mountains and seen a natural, a natural spring. It just bubbles up out of the ground and just goes and goes and goes. And it's a, reminds me, it reminds me of a fountain. The fear of the Lord, uh, Proverbs, so in, that's point number six. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. Proverbs fourteen twenty seven. The fear of the Lord prolongeth days, but the years of the wicked shall be shortened. It prolongs our days. It's, uh, it's life to us. <clears throat> point number seven. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. Proverbs fifteen thirty three. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. The fear of the Lord will teach us to listen. It will teach us to open our ears and um, be humble, because it says before honor is humility. We listen before we teach. We receive before we instruct. And all those things come by learning the fear of the Lord. And uh, I think humility is a big part of the fear of the Lord. And my point number eight, the fear of the Lord is great treasure. Proverbs 15, 16. Better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. Do we treasure the fear of the Lord? Is that of great value to us? <clears throat> so if that if those if those are the um, if those are the fear of the Lord, what does the fear of the Lord do? Um, I have seven points on this instead of eight. So what does the fear of the Lord do? It brings long life, and that kind of goes along with. Earlier, it's the fountain of life uh, in Proverbs 1 7. Uh, not 1 7. Uh, Proverbs 14 27. <clears throat> so it, it brings long life. The, uh, in Proverbs 10 27, it says, The fear of the Lord prolongeth days, but the years of the wicked shall be shortened. Thought I had read that before. <laughs> and then. Uh, Number two is, what does the fear of the Lord do? It brings strong confidence. We can have strong confidence when we have a proper fear of the Lord. Proverbs 14.26 In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, and his children shall have a place of refuge. When we fear the Lord, we can have confidence that we are right with him, and we have that place of refuge when things are going on around us. Um, We have a place to go and hide and be sheltered from the storms of life. Uh, point number three, what does the fear of the Lord do? It motivates a departure from evil. <clears throat> it's a good motivator. In Proverbs 16:6, 6, by mercy and truth, iniquity is purged, and by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. We all know this is true because of our fear of the Lord. We've walked away, or maybe more biblically we should say we ran away from evil vices or uh, besetting sins or um, things in our lives, and it's by the fear of the Lord that those that we do that. And uh, I think as we get more of a fear of the Lord, as that understanding deepens, um, those 
he, he brings up more and more things to purge out of our lives and to sanctify us and draw us close to him. And it's, it's also by the fear of the Lord um, that it causes us to train our children because we want them to grow up in fear of the Lord. Um, another thing that the fear of the Lord does is it encourages life. Proverbs 19.23 The fear of the Lord tendeth to life, and he that hath it shall abide satisfied. He shall not be visited with evil. It tendeth to life. Not only can I say life, um, physical life, but also obviously spiritual life. The, the more of the fear of the Lord that we have, the more life we have, and we shall be satisfied. Number five, what does the fear of the Lord do? It leads to excellence. I like this one. Just thinking of the fear of the Lord leading to excellence. Proverbs 22, 4, by humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Or those summarized, I guess, riches, honor, and life, I would call that excellence. Those are excellent things. And it, so the fear of the Lord leads to excellence. It also leads to stability and valor. Isaiah 33, 6. And wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy times and strength of salvation. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. We have stability and strength in this verse, and that's because the fear of the Lord is this, this man's treasure. It was prized and priceless to him. <clears throat> so you want stability? Do you want strength or courage? It's, it's a pretty simple path. It's pursue the fear of the Lord and make it your treasure. And point number seven, uh, what does the fear of the Lord do? It brings multiplied growth. How many of the children are learning multiplication? Are you learning multiplication, Jacob? So have you noticed an interesting thing about multiplication? It's not just like adding. So adding, you can, you can grow one by one, or two plus two, or five plus five, or a hundred plus a hundred. But when you start multiplying, the numbers can get really big, really fast. <clears throat> and it says specifically in Acts 9, 31, Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria, and were edified, and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. They were walking or purposely striding in the fear of the Lord. And it brought multiplied growth. Not just, can I say, adding one or two or five or ten to ten. Multiplied. That's pretty amazing that uh, I, it's, it's fascinating to me how multiplication, just the numbers just get bigger and bigger and bigger until they're astronomical. And, and uh, when I saw this, it was... I don't know, it just stood out to me that it's not just adding. When we have a fear of the Lord, it's not just adding to, it's multiplying. <clears throat> so in uh, closing, in Deuteronomy 10, 12, this is the Lord speaking to Israel. He says, What doth the Lord thy God require of thee? 
but to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. So, I pray that was a blessing. It was a blessing to look just a little bit. I'm sure there's many, many more uh, things I could have said about the fear of the Lord. Um, But I was just blessed with thinking and meditating upon it and what the areas I need to grow in my fear of the Lord and how really, I don't know if I want to say basic, but foundational, probably a better word, foundational aspect the fear of the Lord is and um, how when we seek him and have a proper fear, all these things and all this fruit comes out of it. So.